Act Three. Knights of March are come. Aye, Caesar, but not gone. Hail, Caesar! Read this schedule. Trebonius doth desire you to our red. At your best leisure, this his humble suit. Oh, Caesar, read mine first, for mine's a suit that touches Caesar nearer. Read it, great Caesar. What touches ourselves shall be last served. Delay not, Caesar. Read it instantly. What is it? Is a fellow mad? Sarah, give place. What? Urge you your petitions in the street? Come to the capital. I wish your enterprise today may thrive. What enterprise, Papilia? Fare you well. What said Papilia Lena? She wished today our enterprise might thrive. I fear our purpose is discovered. Look how she makes to Caesar. Mark her. Casca, be sudden, for we fear prevention. Brutus, what shall be done? If this be known, Cassius or Caesar never shall turn back, for I, I will slay myself. Cassius, be constant. Popula Lina speaks not our purposes. For look, she smiles, and Caesar doth not change. Trebonius knows his time. For, look you, Brutus, he draws Antonio out of the way. Where is Metella Simber? Let her go, and presently prefer her suit to Caesar. She is addressed. Press near and second her. Casca, you are the first that rears your hand. Are we all ready? What is now amiss that Caesar and his senate must redress? Most high, most mighty, and most puissant Caesar, Metella Simber throws before thy seat a humble heart. I must prevent thee, Simber. These couchings and these lowly courtesies might fire the blood of ordinary men and turn pre-ordinance and first decree into the law of children. Be not fond to think that Caesar bears such rebel blood that will be thawed from the true quality with that which melteth fools. I mean sweet words, low crooked curtsies, and base spaniel fawning. Thy brother, by decree, is banished. If thou dost bend and pray and fawn for him, I spurn thee like a cur out of my way. No, Caesar doth not wrong, nor without cause will he be satisfied. Is there no voice more worthy than my own to sound more sweetly in great Caesar's ear for the repealing of my banished brother? I kiss thy hand, but not in flattery, Caesar. Desiring thee that Publius Simber may have the mediated freedom of repeal. What, Brutus? Pardon, Caesar. Caesar, pardon. As low as to thy foot doth Cassius fall to beg enfranchisement for Publius Simber. I could be well moved if I were as you. If I could pray to move, prayers would move me. But I am constant as the northern star of whose true fixed and resting quality there is no fellow in the firmament. The skies are painted with unnumbered sparks. They are all fire, and every one doth shine. But there's but one in all doth hold his place. So in the world, 
Tis furnished well with men, and men are flesh and blood, and apprehensive. Yet in the number I do know but one that unassailable holds on his wreck, unshaked of motion, and that I am he. Let me a little show it, even in this. That I was constant Simber should be banished, and constant do remain to keep him so. O Caesar. Hence, wilt thou lift up Olympus? Great Caesar. Doth not Brutus bootless kneel? Speak, hands for me. Liberty, freedom, tyranny is dead. Run hence, proclaim, cried about the streets. Some to the common pulpits, and cry out, Liberty, freedom, and enfranchisement. People and senators, be not affrighted. Fly not, stand stiff. Ambition's debt is paid. Go to the pulpit, Brutus. And Cassius, too. Where's Publius? Here, quite confounded with this mutiny. Stand fast together, lest some friend of Caesar should chance to- Talk not of standing. Publius, good cheer. There is no harm intended to your person nor to Roman else, so tell them, Publius. Where is Antonia? Fled to her house amazed. Men, wives, and children stare, cry out, and run as it were doomsday. Fates, we will know your pleasures. That we die, we know. Tis but the time and drawing days out that men stand upon. Why, he that cuts off twenty years of life cuts off so many years of fearing death. Grant that, and then death is a benefit. So we are Caesar's friends that have abridged his time of fearing death. Stoop, Romans, stoop, and let us bathe our hands in Caesar's blood, up to the elbows and besmear our swords. Then walk we forth even to the marketplace, or waving our red weapons o'er our heads. Let us all cry, peace, freedom, and liberty. Stoop then and wash. How many ages hence shall this, our lofty scene, be acted over in states unborn and accents yet unknown? How many times shall Caesar bleed in sport, that now on Pompey's basis lies long, no worthier than the dust? So oft as that shall be, so often shall the not of us be called the men that gave their country liberty. What? Shall we forth? Ay, every man away! Brutus shall lead, and we will grace his heels with the most boldest and best hearts of Rome. Soft, who comes here? A friend of Antony's? Thus, Brutus, did my master bid me kneel. Thus did Antonia bid me fall down, and being prostrate, thus he bade me say, Brutus is noble, wise, valiant, and honest. Caesar was mighty, bold, royal, and loving. Say I love Brutus, and I honor him. Say I feared Caesar, honored him, and loved him. If Brutus will vouchsafe that Antony may safely come to him, and be resolved how Caesar hath deserved to lie in death, Antonia shall not love Caesar dead so well as Brutus living but will follow the fortunes and affairs of noble Brutus 
through all the hazards of this untrod state with all true faith. So says my mistress, Antony. Thy mistress is a wise and valiant Roman. I never thought her worse. Tell her, so please her come unto this place. She shall be satisfied, and by my honor, depart untouched. I'll fetch her presently. I know that we shall have her well to friend. I wish we may, but yet have I a mind that fears her much, and my misgivings still fall shrewdly to the purpose. But here comes Antony. Welcome, Antonia. <gasps> Mighty Caesar, dost thou lie so low? Are all thy conquests, glories, triumphs, spoils shrunk to this little measure? Fare thee well. I know not, gentlemen, what you intend. Who else must be let blood? Who else is rank? If I myself, there is no hour so fit as Caesar's death hour, nor no instrument of half that worth as those your swords, made rich with the most noble blood of all this world. I do beseech ye, if you bear me hard, now, whilst your purpled hands do reek and smoke, fulfill your pleasure. Live a thousand years, I shall not find myself so apt to die. No place will please me so, no mean of death, as here by Caesar, and by you cut off, the choice and master spirits of this age. Oh, Antony, beg not your death of us. Though now we must appear bloody and cruel, as by our hands and this our present act you see we do. Yet see you but our hands and this the bleeding business they have done. Our hearts you see not. They are pitiful, and pity to the general wrong of Rome. As fire drives out fire, so pity, pity, hath done this deed on Caesar. <laughs> For your part, to you our swords have led in points, Antonia. Our arms in strength of malice, and our hearts of brother's temper, do receive you with all kind love good thoughts and reverence. Your voice shall be as strong as any man's in the disposing of new dignities. Only be patient till we have appeased the multitude beside themselves with fear, and then we will deliver you the cause why I, that did love Caesar when I struck him, have thus proceeded. I doubt not of your wisdom. Let each one render me his bloody hand. First, Marcus Brutus, will I shake with you. Next, Gaia Cassius, do I take your hand? Now, Decius Brutus, yours. Now yours, Metella. Yours, Senna. And my valiant Casca, yours. Though last, not last in love, yours, good Trebonius. <clears throat> Gentle ones all, alas, what shall I say? My credit now stands on such slippery ground that one of two bad ways you must conceit me, either a coward or a flatterer. That I did love thee, Caesar. Oh, tis true. If then thy spirit look upon us now, shall it not grieve thee dearer than thy death to see thy Anthony making his peace, shaking the bloody fingers of thy foes most noble in the presence of thy course? Had I as many eyes as thou hast wounds, weeping as fast as they stream forth thy blood? 
it would become me better than to close in terms of friendship with thine enemies. Pardon me, Julius. Here was thou bade, brave heart. Here didst thou fall. And here thy hunters stand, signed in thy spoil and crimsoned in thy leith. <sighs> o world, thou wast the force to this heart, and this indeed, O world, the heart of thee. How like a deer strucken by many princes dost thou here lie. Antonia. Pardon me, Gaia Cassius. The enemies of Caesar shall say this. Then, in a friend, it is called modesty. I blame you not for praising Caesar so, but what compact mean you to have with us? Will you be pricked in number of our friends, or uh, shall we on and, and not depend on you? Therefore I took your hands, but was indeed swayed from the point by looking down on Caesar. Friends, am I with you all and love you all? Upon this hope that you shall give me reasons why and wherein Caesar was dangerous. Or else were this a savage spectacle. Our reasons are so full of good regard that were you, Antony, the daughter of Caesar, you should be satisfied. That's all I seek, and am moreover suitor that I may produce his body to the marketplace, and in the pulpit, as becomes a friend, speak in the order of his funeral. You shall, Antonia. Brutus, a word with you. You know not what you do. Do not consent that Antonia speak in his funeral. Know you how much the people may be moved by that which she will utter? Your pardon? I will myself into the pulpit first and show the reason of our Caesar's death. When Antony shall speak, I will protest she speaks by leave and by permission. And that we are content and Caesar shall have all true rites and lawful ceremonies. It shall advantage more than do us wrong. I know not what may fall. I like it not. Antonia, here. Take you Caesar's body. You shall not in your funeral speech blame us, but speak all good you can devise for Caesar, and say you do it by our permission. Else shall you not have any hand at all about his funeral. And ye shall speak in the same pulpit whereto I am going after my speech is ended. Be it so. I do desire no more. Prepare the body, then, and follow us. Pardon me, thou pleading piece of earth, that I am meek and gentle with these butchers. Thou art the ruins of the noblest man that ever lived in the tide of times. Woe to the hand that shed this costly blood. Over thy wounds now do I prophesy, which like dumb mouths do ope their ruby lips to beg the voice and utterance of my tongue. A curse shall light upon the limbs of men. Domestic fury and fierce civil strife shall cumber all the parts of Italy. Blood and destruction shall be so in use and dreadful objects so familiar that mothers shall but smile when they behold their infants quartered with the hands of war. All pity choked with custom of foul deeds. And Caesar's spirit, ranging for revenge, with eight by his side, come hot from hell, shall in these confines with a monarch's voice cry havoc, and let slip the dogs of war, that this foul deed shall smell above the earth, with carrion men groaning for burial.
You serve Octavius Caesar, do you not? I do, Antonia. Caesar did write for him to come to Rome. He did receive his letters, and is coming. And bid me say to you by word of mouth, Oh, Caesar. Thy heart is big, get thee apart and weep. Passion, I see, is catching. O'er mine eyes, seeing those beads of sorrow stand in thine, began to water. Is thy master coming? He lies tonight within seven leagues of Rome. Post back with speed, and tell him what hath chanced. Here is a morning Rome, a dangerous Rome, no Rome of safety for Octavius yet. High hence, and tell him so. Yet, stay a while. Thou shalt not back till I have borne this course into the marketplace. There I shall try in my oration how the people take the cruel issue of these bloody men. According to the witch, thou shalt escorse to young Octavius of the state of things. Lend me your hand. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show. Julius Caesar, Act 3, Part 1. Featuring the voice talents of Colin Kelly as Brutus, Anna Rodriguez as Antony, Marty Bringle as Cassius, Jason R. Wallace as Caesar, Julius Cho as The Servant, Andrew Val as Decius Brutus, Alexander McTavish as Cinna, Melissa A. Bartell as Metella Simber, Phil Dawson as Artemidorus, Nani Brennan as Popilia, Richard Casto as Casca, Christopher Gilstrap as Trebonius, Landon Bell as Publius, and Vincent Morrison as the Soothsayer. Written by William Shakespeare, adapted for audio by Colin Kelly, directed by Landon Bell. Music by Zero Project of Zero-Project.gr Additional music by the United States Army Band Pershing's Own and Landon Bell of SoundCloud.com slash Landon Bell Produced by Pendant Productions This production is copyright 2015, Pendant Productions For more information, visit PendantAudio.com Thanks for listening. Let us be satisfied! Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. The noble Brutus is ascended. Had you rather Caesar were living and die old slaves than that Caesar were dead to live all freemen? As Caesar loved me, I weep for him. As he was fortunate, I rejoice at it. As he was valiant, I honor him. 
but as he was ambitious, I slew him. There is tears for his love, joy for his fortune, honor for his valor, and death for his ambition. Peace! Let us hear what Antonia can say. Here, under leave of Brutus and the rest, come I to speak in Caesar's funeral. He was my friend, faithful and just to me. But Brutus says he was ambitious, and Brutus is an honorable man. He hath brought many captives home to Rome, whose ransoms did the general coffers fill. Did this in Caesar seem ambitious? Oh, hideous spectacle. Oh, noble Caesar. Oh, woeful day. Traitors, villains. Oh, most bloody sight. We will be revenged. The citizens will rise when part two of Julius Caesar, act three, premieres on February 11th, 2015, only at PendantAudio.com.